Shabbat Shalom. Glad to be with you again. We're looking at the book of Hosea the prophet, chapter 3. Hosea chapter 3. Then the Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel who look to other gods and love the raisin cakes of the pagans. So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and one and one half homers of barley. And I said to her, You shall stay with me many days. You shall not play the harlot, nor shall you have a man. Thus I will also be toward you. For the children of Israel shall abide many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred pillar, without ephod or teraphim. Afterward, the children of Israel shall return, seek the Lord their God and David their king, and fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. May God bless that reading of his holy word. Hosea the prophet was bidden by God to marry and to raise a family. And in chapter 1, we read about the three children he had, each of them with symbolic names, spelling judgment for his people. In chapter 2 of Hosea, the Lord predicts that he was going to chastise them and bring them to an end of themselves. And he says in verse 14 of chapter 2 of Hosea, Therefore, behold, I will allure her, will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her, I will give her her vineyards from there and the valley of Achor as a door of hope. She shall sing there as in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt. Not only a threat of chastisement, but also a promise of restoration. In verse 19 of chapter 2, God promises to his people, I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice, in loving kindness and mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, and you shall know the Lord. And he ends the chapter, the latter part of verse 23. Then I will say to those who are not my people, you are my people. 
and they shall say, You are my God. Following his promises and his warning of judgment to come, he now bid Hosea to mend his broken marriage because Hosea had married a woman who was a child of her age and unfaithful, but the Lord was going to win her back with his love. And Hosea, in his experience, was depicting the relationship of God and Israel. So we have Hosea and his his broken marriage and Hosea and his broken marriage depict the broken relationship between God and his people Israel. Having pronounced judgment followed by a promise of forgiveness and restoration, God says to Hosea, in effect, Hosea, now I want you to seek to mend your broken marriage. And he put it like this in verse 1 of chapter 3. Then the Lord said to me, Go again, love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery, just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel who look to other gods and love the raisin cakes of the pagans. Hosea was commanded to depict in his life, in his life the love of God and just as God was seeking out his unfaithful people so Hosea would mirror that in his marital marital predicament and Hosea was commanded to seek in love his unfaithful wife Gomer to win her back by sheer love. Doesn't that strike a chord with what we heard our brother Richard tell us about God's at first commanding to strike the rock but the second time to speak to the rock. The grace of God overcoming the sin of man. The Bible says that God has brought about a salvation where sin abounded, there did grace much more abound. That lover mentioned in verse 1 of Hosea chapter 3 was his wife Gomer who was still committing adultery 
but he was bidden to win her back. He says in verse 2, So I bought her for myself for fifteen shekels of silver and one and one-half homers of barley. He bought her back. When a young man in ancient Israel wished to marry the woman of his choice, he had to pay for the, pay the family for taking away a member and so today we have a parallel in our modern customs of exchanging gifts at the time of betrothal. Usually it's just the would-be husband that bestows a engagement ring on his future bride's finger. It's similar to what we have here. I bought her for myself. And by that he means I went out to woo her and to win her back I bought her for myself. This love was unexpected by his wayward wife, Gomer. To see her violated husband appear on the doorstep and offering to pay as though he was winning her as his future bride. The price demanded by Gomer's faithless faithless lover was the price of a dead slave. That's how little Gomer's illicit lover cared for her. He demanded the price of a dead slave. Turn with me to the book of Exodus, chapter 21, from verse 28. If an ox gores a man or a woman to death, then the ox shall surely be stoned, and its flesh shall not be eaten, but the owner of the ox shall be acquitted. But if the ox tended to thrust with its its horn in times past and it has been made known to his owner and he has not kept it confined so that it has killed a man or a woman, the ox shall be stoned and its owner also shall be put to death. Verse 32 if the ox gores a manservant or a maidservant, he shall give to their master thirty shekels of silver, and the ox shall be stoned. Thirty shekels of silver. That's what was demanded 
by this unfaithful lover of Gomer. He demanded the price that later on was demanded in prophecy of our Lord Yeshua. Let's look at Zechariah the prophet. Zechariah the prophet, chapter 11. Thus says the Lord my God, feed the flock for slaughter, whose owners slaughter them and feel no guilt. Those who sell them say, Blessed be the Lord, for I am rich, and their shepherds do not pity them. Verse 10, And I took my staff, beauty, that was the shepherd's staff, and cut it in two, that I might break the covenant which I had made with all the peoples. So it was broken on that day. Thus the poor of the flock who were watching me knew that it was the word of the Lord. Then I said to them, If it is agreeable to you, give me my wages, and if not, refrain. So they weighed out for my wages thirty pieces of silver. That's the price of a dead slave. And what was demanded from Hosea was later on paid up for the for the life of Messiah. In chapter 11 of Zechariah verse 12 verse 13 And the Lord said to me throw it to the potter that princely price they set on me. So I took the thirty pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord for the potter. There's a connection between the thirty pieces of silver for a dead slave, the thirty pieces of silver for a bride, for a wife, one back, and thirty pieces of silver paid to Judas to deliver, to betray our Lord Yeshua. Well, he, we're back at Hosea chapter 3, verse 2 and 3. So I bought her for myself for fifteen shekels of silver and one and one half homers of barley. Did I say thirty pieces of silver? It was half that. Fifteen shekels of silver. Verse 3 And I said to her, You shall stay with me many days. You shall not play the harlot, nor shall you have a man. Thus I'll also be towards you. Having brought her back again, starting the marriage anew and afresh, a promise 
of restoration after discipline. In the same in the same way Israel is being kept for God, a promise of restoration. And I said to her, You shall stay with me many days. That was the prophecy of Israel for whom God paid to win her back to himself and she was to remain for many days in probation. Israel likewise is being kept for God. Verses 4 and 5 For the children of Israel shall abide many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred pillar, without ephod or teraphim. Three pairs of things are mentioned here. Royalty, priesthood, and the prophetic gift. God predicted that after having won his people back to himself, he put her on probation. She would not have a king or a priest or a prophet. She would be bereft of the threefold ministry. And there are, in verse 4, Three pairs, king and prince, are the royal pair. Sacrifice and sacred pillar are the priestly pair. And ephod and teraphim, the prophetic pair. And when we look at Israel today, we see Israel without a king, without a priest, without a prophet, not the legitimate king or the un- illegitimate king, not the legitimate priest nor idolatrous priest, without the prophetic gift and the counterfeit described by the term teraphim, heathen idols. These three divine offices are to be found only in Yeshua, our Messiah. And until Israel recognized in Yeshua that he is their prophet, their priest, and their king, All three are to be found in Yeshua until the day that Israel acknowledges Yeshua as in his threefold relationship to them. They are 
bereft. There's a promise in verse 5. Afterward, the children of Israel shall return, seek the Lord their God and David their king, and fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. When a young man betrothed a young woman, there was a period of engagement when the bride prepared for the marriage. It was a time when they were, the young man and the young woman were waiting for the, the day to arise, to arrive when they would get legally married. And here we read in verse 4, the children of Israel shall abide many days without king, etc. What we are seeing today in modern Israel is a nation that is waiting for the Messiah. They have waited many years, many centuries. But after this long period of exile, over 2,000 years, there follows a return to the relationship to the original relationship that is brought out by the word afterward in verse 5 afterward the children of Israel shall return the word for return is the same as the word repent we pray for the repentance of Israel we pray for the day when they will seek the Lord their God. And turning to the book of Zechariah again in chapter 12 of Hosea, verse 10. Zechariah 12, verse 10. And I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will look on me whom they have pierced. They will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. In that day there shall be a great mourning in Jerusalem like the mourning at Hadad Rimon in the plain of Megiddo. So what Hosea was bidden to depict in his broken marriage, which he was later bidden to mend and to repair and to restore. That is a picture of what God is going to do with his people Israel. And here it is in the prophet. 2,800 years since that prophecy was given. Hosea was living at a time 
when Isaiah the prophet was preaching and between them they foretold the exile of Israel and their return and so in chapter 6 of Hosea we have this appeal Hosea chapter 6 verses 1 to 3 come and let us return to the Lord for he has torn but he will heal us he has stricken but he will bind us up after two days he will revive us on the third day he will raise us up that we may live in his sight let us know let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord his going forth is established as the morning he will come to us like the rain like the latter and former rain to the earth it is the heart rending appeal to Israel those two days and three days are prophetic of 2,000 and 3,000 years. After 2,000 years, he will revive us. Israel, as a nation, revived in 1947. And the third millennium will be when Israel is restored to her God. The Lord has bought his people and he says you shall abide with me and there will be the original relationship restored in Hosea 3 verse 5 afterward the children of Israel shall return seek the Lord their God and David their king that, name, that title David is a messianic title it refers to Yeshua our Redeemer and today we see a seeking spirit amongst the nation of Israel where people are beginning to seek the Lord and to think again about their attitude towards Yeshua, our Messiah. This is why we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, because the days are upon us when that glad event will occur and Israel will once again be called the people of the Lord. Hosea 14 is our last text. Hosea chapter 14. O Israel, return to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, take away all iniquity, receive us graciously, for we will offer the sacrifices of our lips. Assyria shall not save us, 
that is Iraq, Assyria is the ancient name for Iraq. Assyria shall not save us. We will not ride on horses, nor will we say any more to the work of our hands. You are our gods. For in you the fatherless finds mercy. I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for my anger has turned away from him. Amen. May that soon come to pass. Shall we close with a word of prayer? Avinu Shebashamayim, our Father in heaven, we thank you for these exceeding rich and gracious and precious promises made through your servants, the prophets, and we look forward with hope, with renewed anticipation for the return of Israel to her God. Having returned to her land, may she return to her God in the land. We pray in our Lord Yeshua's name. Amen.